I'm not even sure if it picked up what I recorded. Um, but welcome to Emotion Monday. But well, it's not Monday, it's Tuesday. You know, are y'all praying for me? Because I was tired. I was tired yesterday. I didn't want to throw anything on. Um, look, I ain't even get my little banners together. Lord, see, get it together. <laughs> um, so I hope you guys had a good day. Hope you had a good um Monday. Um, today was good. I was a little uh rested, was able to uh take my nap and you know, and everything. So <laughs> so I'm glad to have you guys on. Whoever is on right now, um, let me get go ahead and get my disclaimers out of the way. Um, thank you for tuning into Emotion. Like I said, it's not Monday, it's Tuesday. And um, Emotion stands for, it's a play on words. E is electronic. Motion, of course, is movement. So the whole um, purpose of this live and of what I do is just to bring movement, you know, to your life, bring you out of that stuck place. You know, some people may be stuck in their emotions, stuck in how they feel, you know, so this is kind of to give you a push, give you uh, a jump start, give you movement, um, even maybe even confirmation with what God has been speaking to you. Because I believe whatever God gives me is for somebody. <laughs> it's not just for me. It's for somebody and it's for me to share and to, um, you know, engage in conversation with you all. Um, and also this is this records, it gets uploaded to my podcast, the Psalms of My Emotions podcast, which streams on a lot of platforms. Um, so I just wanted to recognize my podcast audience. Welcome, 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 my podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in and pushing play once again. I take it not for granted. You guys, I'm just like totally blown away. Um, there are countries some that I can't even pronounce <laughs> that tune that tune in to get some of these Jesus nuggets that I call them Jesus nuggets to get these nuggets of wisdom that God gives me every week and even during the day. And you guys, if you have not subscribed or not followed um, my podcast on any platform, go ahead and do that. I put random stuff on there. You know, most of the time they're under 20 minutes. So go ahead and get you some of them Jesus nuggets. Right now, I have about 61 episodes on there. So, hey, y'all can get as many, get full on as many pieces of these nuggets as you want. It is plenty, plenty for you and plenty to share. All right. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, we're continuing um, today on the pain series. So let the healing begin. You guys know that's my hashtag. Let the healing begin. Good evening. Um, you know, this time of year and just during this pandemic, people are going through pain, y'all. A lot of pain. And God has given me a lot of uh, topics or, you know, pain points to touch on and discuss. And what I'm going to discuss tonight is we can't get enough of <laughs> speaking on singleness, speaking on the single season. Uh, it seems that this is something that, you know, a lot of us battle with, a lot of us go back and forth with, 
I see it on social media platforms. I see it on comments, you know, how people are just waiting and anticipating the day where, where their last name changed, their status changed. They're no longer single anymore. So you guys know I put a twist to everything, you know, about the pain of being single, which in fact, you'll find out as I go through the blog and read the blog. There is nothing painful. There should be nothing painful about being single. What brings about pain is something that has been, um, that hasn't healed. You know, there's a, a void there that we try to put people in. And I'm not going to go ahead and, 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 and talk through the blog, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it. You guys probably didn't get a chance. <laughs> to read it. I'm going to get in a habit where I'm able to, you know, upload my blogs, you know, far in advance so that you guys can read it because that's a hot mess. You know, you got, I want you guys to have the opportunity to read, ask me questions, you know, way before then. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So the pain of singleness, the pain of singleness. Uh, why is the thought of being single so painful for a lot of adults? Can this be a flag for something that we have yet achieved or a wound that has yet to heal? You guys, being single is not the problem. I'm just going to go off the bat <laughs> and say that. Being single is not the problem. And uh, I can say this. You know, because I'm still single, like single, 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 single. <laughs> so I can speak from this point and from a point of refreshment, because sometimes we don't want to listen. You know, you may have uh, someone that may be married and <laughs> single, single, listen, <laughs> that may be married and they're talking on singleness, which there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes what I hear from the rapport of single people is like, well, you married, so you got what you wanted. Why are you <laughs> like you don't even remember what it's like, you know, and I'm here to tell you that I'm happy and I'm single. You know, I am not saying it is not lip service. And I would, to be honest, I kind of had to say it until God worked through it in me, I did have to say, well, you know, I'm content. I'm happy. I'm I'm fine with you, Lord. I had to say that and until I opened up a place in my heart where God truly worked until I could confess today, tonight, that that is, an if, that is in fact true. And then I'm going to go ahead and get, um, continue on to this blog. Um, I don't think this topic ever gets old. Listen, I think anytime anyone talks about single singleness, there is always a flock to the conversation because it's a flock to the conversation because a lot of people are wanting to get out of it. No one wants to be happy in it. Want to get out, right? You know, y'all y'all say amen if you think that is that is true. Whenever I see conversation, when I'm going to find my man or when I'm going to meet, you know, my wife or whatever, is always trying to look for an exit strategy from being single. So, like I said, I don't think this topic ever gets old. 
as long as this earth is in, in existence, there will be marriages and others in waiting and desiring marriage. All right. As long as this earth is here, you know, when you get to heaven, um, you know, get to that place with God, it's no need because that uh, origin and that will be established, you know, that will be established when we when we're conjoined and, and joined back with Christ. That's the true marriage. You know, what we have on earth is just a reflection of God. It's a reflection of how he loves us, you know, and he gives us that he he's, has given us that gift to get married so that we can display his love all over the world. That is the purpose of getting married is really isn't supposed to be for our gain. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be for us to display God's mercy, his love, you know, through pairing. Uh, let's see. Someone says, that's a fear of mine. I love being in a relationship. And sometimes that will make you tolerate things that you normally wouldn't. Listen, been there. Been there. <laughs> you know, just felt like, you know, you had to have someone. And you do, you tolerate things. And it's a reason why you tolerate those things. I'm going to go ahead and continue to discuss. Um, and and I'll, I'll say it and then I'm going to read it probably again. We put too much responsibility on flesh. If we really think about and know what God, how has he has made us, he's formed us in dust. We, you know, we really are kind of filthy in nature. We're indecisive. We're finicky, you know, and we put the, the the destiny and the purpose of our life on people. You know, that's a heavy weight. Nobody can fulfill that. You know, no one can tell you and, and fulfill that whole, you know, that you are feeling, you know, when with and, and, and that's what we look for. But I'm going to go ahead and read and we could pop in and out. All right. <laughs> um. There will be marriages and others in waiting and desiring marriage. So this will happen. This will continue to happen as long as the earth is in existence. Um, it is a natural human instinct to want to be paired up with someone. So there's nothing wrong. Listen, to have the desire to want to be with someone is nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong with feeling that something is wrong with you when it doesn't happen or happen in your time frame. So, you know, this can easily fall into idolization. You know, we hold it to an idol. We feel like our life hasn't accomplished. We haven't arrived anywhere until we are married. We haven't arrived until we have met the person, you know, like, okay, you know, sometimes I've even heard it before where when, when people do get married, you know, they look at them at the couple like, oh, they won. They got it together. Like you won. You got the ring. You won. Do you really even know what you what the prize is? Like, do you even know what you won? When you be when you are in a marriage, it may feel, you know, and in getting into it, but the work gonna feel like, oh my God, I have lost. <laughs> I have lost something. <laughs> when you really see it for what it is, it's it's a selfless um, union. It's a selfless labor, you know, of love. 
Um, so like I said, there's nothing wrong with the desire, but it's wrong when you look at it like you're missing something. Um, you you have a missing piece and you feel like there's something wrong with you. I'm afraid a lot of singles look at being single as a sickness that needs a cure. I'm going to say that again. I'm afraid a lot of singles look at being single as a sickness that needs a cure. That's how that's how a lot of us look at it. You know, as being single, like this needs to be a cure. This is a sickness. This is this is something that needs some medicine, you know, needs something because I can't remain like this, you know, forever. I can't remain like this. I can't keep feeling like this. And like I said in the beginning, being single is not the problem. I'll say, I'll say that again. Being single is not the problem. Amen. It's it's how we're looking at it. It's what you're doing with it. It's, you know, finding out what God is saying about that, you know, and we're not doing that. So uh, when in fact, it's the most powerful position that you could ever have in life. Listen. Listen, being single is the most powerful position that you can ever have in life. You, it's, it's just you. It's just you and you're not, you know, you don't have to factor anyone in. It's just you and God. You're you're fixing things. You're getting things in order. Um, you're not really, you know, factoring someone in. You're not checking in. It's like, it's just you and God, so you can, so in order for you to reach your highest potential, it's just you and God, God, you working, you talking to God, God working on you. And, and it's just that focus that's there. That's, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful, um, position in your life. And I'm going to tell you how I'm being very careful in my words and not saying season. All right. So what causes not having a mate to feel so painful? So why are we feeling so painful? Why is this a pain? Why is this a trigger? Why does it sound like someone is cussing at us when we say, oh, you're just single? Or why does it feel shameful to say that you are single? Why can't we be proud to say, hey, yeah, I'm single and be proud of it? Um, I am using my words carefully because when when totally understood from a God lens, what single really means, it turns out that being single is a beautiful place to be in. It is beautiful. I didn't want to use single season as I often did in the past. Y'all, I used to say single season. So I had to really evaluate my words and why I was saying it. Um, because when you think of single season, it brings about an anxious anticipation for it to be over. So when you think of when you're saying, oh, that's your single season. Oh, I'm in my single season. It brings about and breeds an anxiousness for it to be over. So it's like being in winter anxiously waiting for spring. Y'all know what we tired of winter. We is so tired. We are so tired of being locked in. We are so tired of being enclosed. Like, when is spring coming? When can I come back outside? Like, that's how some of us look at being single. And we shouldn't look at it like that. You know, it's not a 
season, I feel like it's a state of mind. Like it is a state. So it's a position of empowerment. You know, when you really think about it. So let me go ahead and read on. After research and much reflection from my own life, I know where the pain comes from. So before I hop into the subject, I will first like to say that I am blessed to be in this position where I can speak from being married and then divorced and now single. All right. <laughs> I'm tired right now of winter. Already? It ain't even started. We ain't even got the first snow yet. We ain't even got the first snow yet. It ain't even started. All right, y'all. <laughs> Matter of fact, we had tornadoes, Jesus, Lord. Golly, like this, these seasons ain't even normal no more. So we can't even predict when they end, begin and end. Lord Jesus. <laughs> so, um, got off track a little bit. <laughs> um, I would first like to say that I am blessed to be in this position where I can speak from being married and then divorced and now single. Isn't that weird to say that I am blessed to have experienced divorce? I am not boasting about the fact that it happened. I am boasting on the fact that God had a plan for it nevertheless. Like, in hindsight, oh, looking at it, you know, it caused me to, you know, look at myself and dig at myself at a deeper level. I was pretty much always with someone, you know, my whole end game when I was 18 years old was to get married. And I figured I would I want to get married and that's it. Like I was tired of dating. I, I've said this many times on here. I was tired of dating at 18. I was gonna marry whoever I would tolerate. Like, what kind of disposition is that to take? You know, that just showed me how I was looking for something to complete me. Like all along, in hindsight, you know, I would say I was looking for Jesus. I was looking for Jesus the whole time. Didn't know I was looking for Jesus. Was searching, searching, searching uh, for fulfillment of purpose in people when I just didn't know. In actuality, I didn't know who I was. I was putting that big of a burden on someone to show me and to teach me who, who I am. All right. That's a big responsibility to put on people. You know, like I said, people could cut out. People are finicky. You can't put that type of responsibility on people. Um, so like I said, I'm not boasting about the fact that it happened. I'm boasting on the fact that God had a plan for it nevertheless. This is what brought me to my testimony. You know, that's what stirred up that and, and delivered me from why you were why I was looking for that marriage. You know, I was dealing with rejection, I was dealing with you know, low self-esteem. I was dealing with all these kinds of things that the marriage, you know, being married was just a band-aid. And some of you, you know, you, you might want to be out of your single, single position because you just want to put a band-aid on your wound. A marriage is, if you're unhealed and you're not in purpose, being married is simply just going to be a band-aid. And after a while, that Band-Aid gets old, that Band-Aid gets tattered, and you're going to want another Band-Aid. You know, instead of 
um, nursing the wound and making sure that it heals all the way. So then you wouldn't need a Band-Aid because that's not what marriage is for. Marriage is not supposed to be a Band-Aid, you know? So the pain comes from a void that we try to fill with people. We have to understand and acknowledge that people are fickle. I've said that many times on here already. <laughs> people are a lot of work and complex. To appoint a complex person to fix or fill a complex void that we have that we have will yield results that won't last too long. Like I was talking about that band-aid. If you're getting married to or wanting to be with someone to you feel like it's a cure for loneliness, it's just a band-aid. It won't um, produce lifelong fruit, you know, because you're going to realize how much work you got to put in into that. Um, the void will form again in which we will by mistake feel that we have simply attached ourselves to the wrong person. I feel that's what's going on with a lot of marriages that break up, that just fall apart it's because we realize we rely too much on that person to fill a void that only god can fill so when it feels like oh they're not exactly doing what i thought like they're not giving what it's supposed to give like marriage ain't give <laughs> that phrase cracks me up y'all the marriage ain't giving what it's supposed to give because you're supposed to give you're supposed to give to it. That's what marriage is. You give, they give. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to be the one taking. Oh, this marriage ain't giving it what's supposed. What it's supposed to give. So I don't want to do this no more. That's not how that works. You can't quit that. You know, it's not supposed to be a like a breakup. Oh, I'm done with you. You know, this is a life. This is a covenant. This is a, a a lifelong commitment. You don't go in marriage with the possibility. Oh, if you don't work, then hey, goodbye to you. <laughs> That's not how it's designed to be. Like I said, you know, marriage is a God ordained institution. God doesn't throw us away. God doesn't cut us off. God doesn't, you know, say, oh well, whatever. Leave me alone because you don't fulfill me no more. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Um, So the void will form again in which we will by mistake feel that we have simply attached ourselves to the wrong person. Could it be that this void is God-sized and only God can fill it in the order for you to feel complete? A lot of us are looking just for God to fill a hole. And we're making people God's to feel the whole, to fill the whole. <laughs> Sometimes we look to people to fill those purpose-sized voids we feel. If you may be suffering from being single, it can mean that you are suffering from lack of purpose. People don't want to hear this. This ain't nothing what nobody want to hear. People want to hear, oh, you'll find him. Oh, he's coming around the corner. Right now, if you're feeling like this, it ain't even about the other person. It's about you. It's about why you feeling like you're going to die if you don't get married. It's, it's, it's dealing with you. Why do we feel this way? Why is this place of empowerment, this place of completion so painful? 
It's an individual thing. God deals with us individually. He don't deal with us like, I'm not going to deal with you until you get married. God deals with us individually. You know, we're in relationship with him individually. So why do we feel, you know, and it takes growth and it takes, you know, some healing to get to this point, you know, where I've recently come to, you know, that he is enough. God is simply enough. Um, and we don't we don't want to hear that. Purpose is if I can advise anyone, if you're not married, get you got you got to you got to 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 to, to tap on that purpose. You got to go after that purpose because then when you're in purpose, you'll know what when that person comes along, if they fit. If they fit. I mentioned that some of us look at being single as a disease that is in need of a cure. Being single is one of the healthiest states that you can be in. Being single means you are separate, unique, and whole, according to the late Dr. Miles Monroe in his book, Single, Married, Separated, and Life After Divorce. Look, y'all, this is a good book. And I've only been, I've read half of it. It looks like this. And it's a it's not a real, real, real thick read. But it's a good read so far. And I've already gotten a lot of little nuggets from this book. It's called Single, Married, Separated, Life After Divorce by the late uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. He breaks down singleness in this like joyous and peaceful, you know, part. And he uses Bible with it. And it's just like so empowering. You know, it's so empowering just knowing that you know you have so much power like you have so much power just being single you have so much power with you and your relationship with god like i said don't nobody want to hear this <laughs> don't nobody want to hear this but somebody will take heed to it like i took heed to it you know uh he empowers singles in the first part of the book to take on this point of view when you are whole in which the number one is a whole number. Look, num number one ain't lacking, all right? <laughs> there is nothing necessarily needed to be needed to be added to it. You don't have to add nothing to a number one. You know what I mean? It's a whole and complete number by itself. It is by choice that something can be added to the number one, but it doesn't make it less than, you know? It's like, it's foundational. You know, you're you're the foundation. I'm going to even continue to read. He even went on to say that being single is most essential to and the foundation of not only marital relationships, but all relationships. You have to know who you are, you know, and I know we're talking about uh, romantic relationships, but it's good in friendships. It's good to know who you are in friendships. It's good to know who you are you know, even in, in, in work relationships. All right, because you, you'll know you and you'll be more confident, you know, in your friendships. You'll be there more for your friends. You'll, you'll be more apt to serve other people. All right. Um, let's see. Remember, a relationship is only as good as whatever the individuals involved bring to it. 
The omelet is only as good as the eggs in it. So with that being said, strive to be as whole as you can be so that you won't look for others to fill it. That is too much of a weight to put on anyone. Look, not to say that you're going to have it all together. You know, like if God sends that person or whatever along, it's not to say you're going to have it all together, but you're going to have some idea of what God is calling you to. And you're not going to want them to add, you know, like Dr. Miles Monroe says, you know, about I'm not I'm not going to put until they bring the ingredients to this omelet. You know, like I'm not an omelet. I'm not whole until they put these ingredients in it. No, you come you come be an omelet. You know, you come adding those things that you need that will make you happy. You know, don't wait for someone to to add things that you feel will make you happy. Um, the scripture in the Bible that is commonly said and misunderstood to explain the need for marriage is in Genesis 2 and 18. Very familiar. When God formed Adam, a helpmeet named Eve, a lot of people love to use it's not good for man to be alone. I know y'all was sitting there thinking of it, thinking about it. I know y'all was thinking of it. Well, what about, you know, in the Bible, it's not good for man to be alone. A lot of people just take that just so out of whatever it means. Uh, that scripture spoke of a whole person. Adam was whole, right? That scripture spoke of a whole person in need of someone or people to help fulfill the work. Because we're here because we have a work to do, right? So key word, Adam was a whole person with a focus and a purpose. Adam already knew what he was supposed to do. Adam had a job. Adam had duties. You know what I'm saying? So I even heard a preached word state that God sends help and not company. I'm going to say that again. God sends help and not company. And the cure for loneliness is not company, but calling. That's what another preacher said. I'm going to read it again. God sends help and not company. And the cure for loneliness is not company, but calling. So I think that's another pain of singleness is the loneliness. Could it be that your calling and your purpose is like it's calling on you? It's not another person that you need it's a focus on god aiding you and showing you what are you supposed to be doing aiding you into purpose that's what you're longing for you're longing for jesus you're longing for him to di direct and guide you you're not longing for another person you know it may it may feel that way you know and you can desire a person but you got to know when purpose is knocking at your door you got to know when when purpose is calling and pulling on you. And I'll tell you when you when you do know that purpose and calling is at your door and knocking because nothing starts to satisfy you anymore. Everything starts to irritate you. People start to irritate you. You know, your job starts to irritate you. Everything that you do starts to really irritate you. And that makes room for you to. That means that it's time to, to walk into your purpose. That means it's time to tap into what you are designed and what you were born for. It doesn't mean that you go find people like some people just go out and and shop and and do all kinds of things and then find out when they get home by themselves something is missing. 
it's purpose. It's purpose, y'all. Even in this single place. And you might be feeling lonely. It's a difference between loneliness and being alone. Loneliness. I would I would bid to say that it's because of a lack of purpose, a lack of attacking purpose. Like I said, you'll know when it's tapping at your door because you get you're gonna get irritated with everything. And then that usually means you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. All right. Uh, so with that being said, I think most of us are looking for company and not help. See, the thing with Adam and Eve, like I said, Adam was a whole person. And God was sending a help meet. So that means he had to already have been doing something for God to be like, you know, I want to send you somebody that's going to help. And it wasn't just Eve. You see, they were producing you know, people like this whole thing that God wanted to fulfill out into the earth required people to work. All right. Um, we are looking for company and not calling. How can we know what we need if we have yet stepped into purpose? I say this time and time again, that we can often get caught up in the bonuses of having a mate and make that the goal and end game of marriage. You know, we look at you know, um, you know, the wedding, the dress and, you know, the, um, you know, you have company, you have someone to talk to when you come home and we make that the end game and we forget or we're not realizing the purpose of marriage is to fulfill God's will out into the earth. And I'm not trying to take the romantic <laughs> romanticism out of it, but that's the bonus. It's going to feel nice. It's going to feel good. It's going to be comforting, you know, to have someone there. But that's not the intention. You know, you got to be a whole person, y'all. Um, the bonuses will run out quick. And the true purpose of having a mate make it boring to some of us in which we confuse it with falling out of love. I believe this happens. And I believe when people say, yep, that is. <laughs> that's it that's the bonus that is the bonus you know you got somebody to cuddle with you got somebody to watch shows and you know series with and you know you wait to come home and 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 they're waiting and pausing a, a movie for you or show hey i experienced it i experienced it before it's that friendship you know it's that friendship it's that in-house friendship <laughs> that you have that makes the partnership easier. You know what God says, you know, his, his, his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. You know, that's what marriage is supposed to be like. It's work, but that's what it is. Those bonuses will help it make, make it a little lighter, but you don't get married for the bonuses. That's just like the job. You don't take a job just for the bonuses. They're bonuses. If they take it away, you know, you still have a job and you're still working in the same job. And if you get more than, hey, that's fine too. All right. Um, so yeah, I believe that's what's happening even today. I've seen so many uh divorces, like people that have been married for a long time. And the thing is that, oh, well, we fell out of love or you know, whatever. I beg to say that they lost sight of the purpose lost sight of the purpose of why you know you got together and especially if you started off with not 
really fulfilling the purpose of why you're together. Not knowing that you're supposed to help one another. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to last because you don't know what to work for. You know, you've been working for the bonuses all this time. <laughs> you've been working for the bonuses all this time and not the, not the, not the initial intent, you know, of having a marriage. And I, I can testify to that, you know, working for the bonuses and the bonuses was not enough. The bonuses was, did not hold the marriage together. You know, the bonuses got, oh, them bonuses was just like, okay. Is it really truly worth staying for the bonuses? No, it'll get old. Trust. Um, the bonuses will run out quick, and the true purpose of having a mate may get boring to some of us, in which we confuse it with falling out of love. I wanted to address this pain, especially in this time of year, where engagements are displayed on social media. And the holidays are here that may cause us to reflect on who we don't have in our lives. I pray that this will serve as a reminder that one is a powerful number. There is peace and rejuvenation that happens when you are free and able to focus on yourself. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with the desire of having someone. As I said before, we are human. But there is something wrong when it causes you to look as if you are defective. There's nothing wrong. It's You can't look at, at you being single like you're broke. Or you're broken. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't look at it like that. Look at it as an opportunity to get better. In private. <laughs> to be broken and to deal with somebody is hard. You know, especially if you don't know your purpose, you don't know who you are, and you're adding someone to that equation, it actually makes it harder. It makes it harder for you to get into your purpose. It makes it harder for to know who you are. It makes it so much harder. So it's best that you deal with this on your own. You know, get through all the kinks and, you know, have your conversations with God and have your time with God. And a lot of people, like I said, don't want to hear this, but it's the key. Yup. And it's up. Oh, thank you. And it definitely is unfair to the other person. Oh, my God. Yes, it is so unfair. You know, someone may actually be ready. That person may be a whole person. And so you may might have put on the facade that you're whole. Or that you got it figured out. And then they're expecting a whole person. They're expecting a help meet. And all they're finding out is that all you want is help. <laughs> like that all you want is help and you don't want to help them. It is totally unfair. You know, this thing, you have to go into this and in, in wanting someone and being in marriage. You have to be willing to give, give and give some more. And not hold it against the other person either. Not give and think that, okay, well, if I give this, they're going to give this to me. You got to give, un you know, unconditionally. Love unconditionally. And that comes from knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. Like, I love, like, when I was married, I love serving. 
Like I have no problem with that because I just like making other everybody. I just like making the other person happy, you know. But then I was expecting them to do the same thing for me, and it just wasn't working. <laughs> it wasn't working, and I felt rejected. You know, again, I was already dealing with it. I felt rejected. You know, self esteem. Oh, you're not complimenting me enough. You're not telling me how cute I am enough. When I should already come and had came into the marriage knowing I'm cute, you know, knowing how beautiful I am. I'm not to say that they, you know, it's nice to have it, but you're not going to depend on that, you know. So, and I want to backtrack and say something else about um, there's peace and rejuvenation that happens when you are free and able to focus on yourself. There's many times in the Bible where, you know, the leaders, the pioneers, the fathers of the faith uh, you know just will always like to go off alone and pray especially jesus when there was so much going on around him he had the opportunity to go alone and pray and that's what re-energized him look at being single in your single state as a chance to re-energize you know, rejuvenate as we we've a lot of preachers been saying in this season and pastors that this is, um, you know, a, a revival season. So don't count it strange that you're single right now when God is turning this earth over. <laughs> you know, don't count it strange that you are by yourself. You know, you are alone. You're not lonely because we have friends. We have People, you know, you are alone. Don't count it strange that in this season that you are going through all of this stuff alone. It's going to bring out such a precious jewel, such a, I mean, powerful thing in you because you're going through this. Let's see. That was so painful for me to acknowledging the pain I caused him because I was broken. I could have damaged him for his roof. Who is this talking? I can't see on here. But listen. I had that moment. Um, you know, once you get past that, you know, in my divorce, after I got past, because you go through layers of feelings, you know. Um, oh, Tuesday. I should have known. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you go through them uh, layers of, you know, because it's, it's grieving. It's a grieving process. And you go through where you're mad, you know, you're mad at them, you're mad at yourself. But then you get to a resolve in that process where you're like, let me see what I did. Let me see what portion I put in the in, in, in that situation. And then once you acknowledge what you did, you know, then you feel this guilt. That's another thing that comes with that. You feel so guilty. I remember a time where, you know, um, my ex-husband had, he apologized. I got an apology that I didn't expect to get. And I'm like, you apologizing to me? I was really mean to you. You know, and he's like, I hope I didn't ruin you for someone. And I'm like, I hope I didn't ruin you because I was talking to you like you was crazy. <laughs> I was degrading him. You know, I was talking to him all kinds of crazy. So, yeah, I'm just like, I hope I didn't damage you. So that was refreshing to me to know that we walked away saying, you know, being, you know, apologized to each other and just took took accountability, you know, for that. 
So yeah, that was good Tuesday. <laughs> um, so let's see. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the desire of having someone. As I said before, we are human. So we are human. We're going to feel that way. Um, but there is something wrong when it causes you to look as, as if you are defective. God desires to perfect you in ways that will be conducive for and in your purpose. So look at it like that. God, you just get me ready. You know, you're you're getting me ready. You're strengthening me. You're showing me my purpose. So I'm just going to be, you know what I mean? When all of this is, is, is being in process, you're going to be just so proud of yourself and so like just knowing who you are and so um you know knowing who you are and things and that uh you're gonna be so proud of yourself and the thing about when you get into that knowledge of yourself it's gonna be very hard for you to to let anything in listen them blockades don't, not the unhealthy blockages, blockades, but you're going to have healthy boundaries. You're going to have, and I mean, all across the board, you're going to have healthy boundaries in dating. You're going to have healthy boundaries, you know, even in, in relationships. You're going to have healthy with your time. It's going to be healthy overall. You know, the relationship is going to be healthy. It's not going to be toxic. You're not going to be dependent on them to be your everything. You know, so it's benefits and just really um, uh, what I want to say, maximizing <laughs> this time by yourself, you know. So, hey, I'm just and I'm speaking from a place of contentment and happiness. Yes, I do. And I think I, I posted it on here and I posted it on my social media before I said, I want I want a lot of things. But I am so satisfied with Jesus. You can want things. You can want to be in relationships. You can want those things. But I just know at the end of the day, what is constant, what is unmovable, what is unshakable, and what gives me my peace and joy and my source is God. You know, at the end of the day. So it's like I can coexist. That though, though It can coexist. I can want things. But just know that God is enough. All right. It's a balance. It's a balance to it. Just as long as you don't make those desires and wants your God. You know, like, God, I know I want these things, but you're enough. Nevertheless. All right. <laughs> your will, not what my will be done. You know, um, I hope that this has, um, let me see, I'm, I'm missing something. God desires to perfect you in ways that will be conducive for and in your purpose. You will find the closer you get or when you're operating in your purpose, the love, peace, and joy that comes with it. I hope that this encouraged some of you and will cause you to dig deep within yourself. I pray that it will stir up a desire to know why you are here so that you won't try to give that God-sized responsibility to someone else. Amen. All right? Y'all, don't, you know, that's the thing with the painful thing. Don't, it is unfair, like Tuesday said, to give that, to, to put that on somebody. To be your, you know, your healer. To be, 
And you really think about it, the things that you are asking from another person is things that God does. You know, God is your provider. God is your healer. God is, you know, your way maker. He's the one that gives you wisdom. He's the one that gives you air your lungs. I mean, all of this. So if you, you're attaching those things to people, I was that could be some homework. If you're attaching all of these things to people, you may want to take a step back and reevaluate some things. Why am I feeling like this? You know, why am I asking all of this from a person that God, you can provide, you know, and you'll get to a point like I'm to a point where, you know, like I said, I do want someone, but now it's different. It's looking different because now I have so much that God wants to do with me. Now I'm just like, God, I need help. <laughs> I need some help now. I need a help. Meet, help me meet the stuff you want me. Help me meet these demands that you have on my life. You know, I know who I am. I know where you want me to go, but this is a lot. I'm going to need some help. You know, so I'm in that healthy space and in a healthy space where I'm not letting anyone in that space. I'm peaceful. So it's going to take a special person to want to give up some of them, what they call it in like the anemonies. I don't even know if I said that right. (laughs) those bonuses it's gonna of being by myself you know i got to share i got to do this i got to do that so it's gonna take a special person to give up the bonuses all right so i hope this helped someone those watching the replay i hope this helped you i hope this will help you in your season or sorry in this holiday season um you know with the uh christmas you know anything that's reflecting uh togetherness and things like even valentine's day you know is in february and you know like i said this is engagement season this is where you know proposals and stuff happens and so you know sometimes it makes us feel a certain kind of way you know like well god i want somebody like and then you know to be honest um christmas nights used to be you know kind of rough for me like you know i would go home and you know, I will have my own. And then what I what I did to help that was I made my own tradition. I made my own tradition to to fulfill those empty uh, voice. Like I watch um, It's a Wonderful Life. Every year on Christmas night, I would turn my lights on, uh, my Christmas tree lights, turn off all the rest of the lights, and I will watch It's a Wonderful Life. And it will always kind of, you know, pull me back in. And, you know, so I made a tradition for myself. So, you know, so maybe one day I might want to share that, but I'm happy with with that. All right. (laughs) So I thank you guys for tuning in in an odd day that I usually don't come in. I hope this helped you help someone else deal with the pain that they're feeling while single. And I'm just going to go ahead and get these little disclaimers out the way. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at Relinda C. McCoy. Um, I spoke about my podcast. It's on many platforms. <laughs> Just type in the Sounds of My Emotions podcast and you'll see it pop up. Um, and just follow, subscribe. Like I said, I'll be dropping Jesus nuggets outside of here. You know, just random things. I might get up in the middle of the night and start recording stuff. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. This also streams on YouTube. 
uh, you can hit the bell and they'll tell you when I come on. Sometimes I put, you know, other messages on there as well. Um, also, uh, I have a book, The Times of My Emotions. It is on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble, too. I didn't want to put all the book places on here. But this is what it looks like. Um, it has my face on it. And this is pretty much why I started this ministry is because of what God had put me through and because of the book. So, and I'm on TikTok. I put it on here. I'm on TikTok, y'all. Relinda C. McCoy. Come get these Jesus nuggets while I'm in my bonnet. All right? <laughs> I'm in my bonnet. I named it Bonnet Chronicles. I'm supposed to be reciting poetry on there as well. It's coming. I'm just, you know, poetry is very personal to me. So I just have to get the courage to do so. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'll see you next week. I think so. I don't know. God is talking and I feel like another break or whatever's coming on. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in. And I will see you guys at another day, at another time. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.